everybody so good to see you all welcome to watershed a place where you can find freedom friendship and rest we hope that this morning is just a an encouraging time for you as we spend some time worshiping god and getting in his word today would you just stand with us and greet some people around you and maybe ask them if they've got any super cool plans for the summer
Nothing is better than you. 
We're singing songs about the Spirit this morning. It's Pentecost Sunday, if you're familiar, um, after Jesus ascended heaven. Fifty days later, the believers were meeting, and they remembered that Jesus promised someone to come. In John 14, it says this. Jesus is talking to his disciples. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have sent to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives you. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. And later, that's 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, this is Acts 2, they all came together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. What they saw seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was in those moments that they were empowered to go do ministry. They had the Spirit of God with them. And so they were never alone. God promised that the Spirit would be with us forever. And so that's our encouragement today, that God is with us. He's with the believers. He's with you today. And as we sing about this, uh, this next song, it's just a reminder that the Spirit lit this flame and is encouraging us to be ministers of his good news to all around us. So let's sing this together. from heaven. 
Well, and good morning again to you all. Grace and peace in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Pastor Aaron, campus pastor here at Watershed. Uh, and for those of you who do, as always, hey, good to see you all. So um, again, I think you know this about me, and you see this bowl of water up here. If you can't see, stand up again and, you know, like all in rows so you can see. But uh, today, we are getting to celebrate baptism, and not just baptism, but profession of faith, affirming your faith together. Um, Dan and Katie Aldrink um, are being, becoming, f what, what do we say, full-fledged members, <laughs> use you know, proper terminology. No, um, they're professing and reaffirming a faith that they believe. They have already believed long before they're standing up here with us this morning, um, you've lived into, you've had passed on through generations in your families, and we celebrate with you today as you just profess that with us as a community. And they're bringing Henry, uh, their son little Henry Allen, uh, before us to be baptized. And one cool thing about Henry's baptism today is it's also his birthday. So how cool is that first birthday he gets to be baptized, so I'll try not to make him cry. So, <laughs> but as we celebrate our profession of faith, as we celebrate our baptism, because not just in, in, in Henry's baptism and Dan and Katie's professions of faith, as they reaffirm their faith, this is something that's for all of us. This is why we don't ever do this individually. This is what we do together because we celebrate a common baptism. We don't always have common ideas. We don't always read the scripture the same way. But there is something that Jesus gives us, and that's his promises, that are true for each and every one of us, that are true for this world, even though the world may not know them or believe them. And the promises that we celebrate, the truth of what we remember today in baptism, in our own baptisms, 
is that first of all, Jesus Christ has died for us. That by his blood, see on Pentecost Sunday we wear red. Part of the the red of Pentecost Sunday is to remember Jesus' blood shed for us on the cross. His sacrifice for us that then enables his spirit, which is fire. That's another reason why red is a color. That's why you see glowing red and no, it's not Star Wars and, you know, the dark side. Okay? But it's fire. It represents what what Drew read for us from Acts this morning. The tongues of fire on top of us, right? That, That because of Jesus' sacrifice... We also, which is one of the promises of baptism, have the Holy Spirit with us daily. Whether you believe it or not, God's Spirit is with us daily, seeking to renew us and cleanse us, seeking to bring us into deeper relationship with Christ who sits on the throne. That's what we remember in our baptism. Not only that, in baptism we're reminded of the promise that we have eternal life, We have eternal life with God. We have eternal life with the universal church. And in just a few moments, we'll say the Apostles' Creed together, and we say the Catholic Church, and the word Catholic means universal, right? That we're part of this great, grand cloud of witnesses, according to Hebrews. We're part of a family that's much thicker and stronger than even our own blood. And this is the work of God for us. This is the love of God given to us. And today when we use water, we remember that just like water refreshes, just like water cleanses, just like we need water for life, Jesus Christ is the true water of life for us. So in light of that, this morning, Dan, Katie, and Henry, hey, what's up, bud? I want to invite you guys to come up and uh, look at that. Come on, one, two, three. Oh, <laughs> we'll try not to draw too much attention to you all this morning. <laughs> um, I've got first a couple questions for Dan, Katie, for the both of you. And after each one of these, there's four questions. I'm just going to say, can you say, we do, okay? So the first question is this. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God sent to redeem the world, so to take back the world? Do you love and trust him as the one who saves you from your sin, and with repentance and joy, so a changing of your direction, and with joy in your heart, do you embrace him as the Lord of your life? If you can say so, please say we do. Second, do you believe that the Bible is the word of God, revealing Christ and his redemption? That's his story, and that the confessions of the church faithful faithfully reflect that story of salvation. If you can say so, please say, we do. And then third, do you accept the gracious promises of God sealed in your baptism, right? And uh, do you affirm your union with Jesus Christ and his church, which your baptism signifies? Again? All right. And then finally, do you promise to do all you can with the help of the Holy Spirit? Right, again, cool, cool moment today, Pentecost. You don't do this alone. We're never on our own. Because God knows we can't. We have his presence, his power. Do you promise to do all you can with the Holy Spirit to strengthen your love and commitment to Christ by sharing faithfully in the life of the church, honoring and submitting to its authority, and did you join with the people of God in doing the work of the Lord everywhere? Finally, if you can say so, please say we do.
All right. And now, question in regards to Henry. As his parents, do you promise to instruct Henry in the truth of God's word, in the way of salvation through Jesus Christ? Do you promise to pray for him, to teach him to pray, to train him in Christ's way by your example, through worship and in the nurture of the church? And again, if you can say so, please say we do. All right. Now, Henry, I'm going to come down to your level, bud. Oh, I'm low. Maybe that's easier. And for those of you who don't know, we share some words from the French Reformed liturgy that is just a truth for him and for us. And I'm going to read these words. Okay? I'm going to read these words. Henry, for you, little one, Jesus Christ came into the world. For you, he lived and showed his love. For you, he entered the darkness of Gethsemane. Yeah, he died on the cross for you. And he entered the horror of Calvary. He went to death. For you, he, had, he cried, it is finished. But for you, he rose again from the dead. And he ascended to heaven. And there he stands on your behalf. Yeah, for you. He works on your behalf and for mine. And all of this was done before you ever even know it, buddy. But we're going to keep telling you the truth. <laughs> that, and we live by this reality that we love because God first loved us. All right, Henry, are you ready? I, we're getting close. <laughs> Henry Allen Aldering, I baptize you in the name of the Father. Oh, <laughs> come this way. In the name of the Son. Almost done. And in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right on, buddy. Good job. All right, if I can ask the rest of you to stand up and join together as friends, as family, as the church. I have a question for you. Do you promise to love, encourage, and support these brothers and sisters by the teaching of the gospel of God? By teaching his gospel, too, of his love and forgiveness, by being an example of the Christian faith and character, and by giving the strong support of God's family and fellowship, prayer, and service, if you can say so, please say, we do. Now, I'd like to invite you to join with me as we say together the Apostles' Creed, this statement of faith that holds us as one church together uh, should be up here on the screen for us. Bishop, thank you. <laughs> Let's say this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. If you'll stay seated, and if family and friends want to come up, we're going to lay hands on them, and if you don't mind, if you feel comfortable, to lift your hands towards us as we say a prayer over them this morning.
You did good. You made it. <laughs> Let's pray together. God, thank you for being our help and our hope. Thank you for giving us your love before we ever knew it. And thank you for bringing us into the reality of that love each and every day. Thank you for letting us know that you're never going to leave us or forsake us. You're never going to turn your back on us, even though we may turn our back on you. Lord, today I thank you for Dan and Katie and Henry, and we pray that your Holy Spirit that's present in each of us and is present in them will continue to give them the power and strength to live in the light of your love. Lord, that your wisdom would continue to be their guide, that you would continue to be their God, and they, your children. Father, we pray for Henry, that you will raise him in such a way, Lord, that he would profess his faith as his mom and dad have professed theirs. We pray for, Lord, our ability as a church to stand with them and behind them, to come around them, to help them in times of need. Lord, when we fail, to seek forgiveness, to be reconciled to them. Lord, to be the best of you, even though, Lord, sometimes we don't always get it right. But may you, God, again, bless and keep them and shine your face upon them as a family. God, we pray these things in your name, in the name of Jesus and all God's children said, amen. Amen, let's welcome them this morning. And now, I would like to invite uh, through children through third grade over the door. Miss Lori and I are heading over there. We're going to pray for our kiddos and pray for us as we... What's up, everybody? Oh, who's... I always got to remember not to step on you, Jackson. <laughs> so as our children go off to hear God's word, as we get ready to hear God's word, uh, let's, let's pray this morning. God, again, thank you that you gift us with your Bible to teach us, to lead us, and to show you who you are, and again, of this love you have for us. Lord, I pray for my little brother, sisters here, for my brothers and sisters in this room, that as we all hear your word, that your Holy Spirit would teach us, would breathe your life into us, and that we would be reminded again of how good you are and how much we mean to you. Lord, we pray these things and many other prayers in the name of Jesus and all God's children said, amen. All right, see you guys. Well, as I'm coming up here, as Drew mentioned, we are in a Pentecost. Pentecost is a, a, a day, as, as I said, we wear red, we remember some things, and, and I, don't, I don't see a lot of red. <sighs> I, listen, I got out of bed and I was like, oh yeah, and I'm a pastor, so I was like, all right, it's Pentecost. Um, but it's fitting that this week we also start a new series uh, throughout the summer, and and we're going to be talking about wisdom. 
And we, we titled this series, Everyday Wisdom, partly because God's wisdom is good for every day, right? We, we also titled it Everyday Wisdom because have you ever heard the thing common sense, right? right? Common sense is sort of like, duh, anyone, right? Uh, that moment where you're like, well, this is just the way it's supposed to be, right? Everyday Wisdom. And notice we didn't put any punctuation after wisdom because it's like, well, is it everyday wisdom, <laughs> right? Is it truly common sense? Is it really the way it's supposed to be, right? So throughout this summer series, we're going to be looking in particular at the book of Proverbs uh, for most of it. We're also going to engage uh, the book of Ecclesiastes and Job because they're in what we call in the Bible wisdom literature, Right? So these books of the Bible exist to help us, simply put, know how to live. Right? What to do, when to do it, how the, kind of the hows and the whys of life. And as I was thinking about kicking off this morning, uh, one of the things we're excited about uh, in our family this month is we are finishing up the build of our house. So, um, you know, we've, we've gotten to enter this, this project throughout the last year. Of, we're, fi- we're moving out of the house we've been in the last 15 years, almost 16 years, and, and going and building. Never thought I was going to build. Um, I heard horror stories, but I've actually really enjoyed it. It's been great. Uh, but I've learned this throughout uh, the, this process, and I, I kind of knew it going in, but I'm really aware of it now. I know a lot of things that I don't know, Right? Uh, I mean, there are some things I do know, but there is a lot of things I don't, right? And, and my dad worked for 45 years as a construction electrician. So he worked everything from commercial to residential. Like my dad was one of those, my dad can do everything kind of guys, right? If he put his hands on it, you knew he, w- he knew what he was doing. Their house still today, he did things 40 plus years ago in his house that he can update you know, and renovate things in his house because of strategic decisions in the late 70s, right? So who do you think I relied on quite a bit in this process? My dad, (laughs) you know, like, I just know he knows way more than I do, and we didn't always see eye to eye. I was more of an athlete, and he just went more into the construction route, but man, am I thankful that we are not alike, because he has helped me a ton. And then I also relied on somebody else, and that's my project manager, because you need one of those when you're building a house, right? The wisdom of navigating all the other trades, right? The wisdom of timelines, the wisdom of knowing what needs to be fixed that I don't even really know needs to be fixed. I ask, try to just ask questions, right? The wisdom needed to get through this process, if I didn't have in particular those two people in my life, Man, this would have been a crazy and chaotic season of life. But in having my dad, my project manager, right? And having them as a part of it, it became a joy. It became something that I'm, yes, excited to move into a new house. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. (laughs) But made it a joy in the process. Right? Wisdom is about living. And wisdom is not meant to be something that's a burden. It's meant to be something that brings us into life the way it's supposed to be. So I want to invite you to turn with me as we dive into the Proverbs this morning. We're going to dive into Proverbs 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. 
Let's hear the words of Scripture, God's word for us today. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And these are meant for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables and sayings of, and riddles of the wise. And Solomon adds this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is God's word for us this morning. Thanks be to God. So as we dive into Proverbs, uh, uh, the first question that I have and comes to mind is, what is a proverb? So we have a resource that's up on our hardawake.com website. Um, actually, do you guys have that book around anywhere? Maybe not? You do. Sweet! See, we give, by the way, if you make profession of faith and stuff, we give you gifts. So, <laughs> But uh, we have this resource from Pastor Tim Keller, um, who was pastor, theologian, um, but he went through the Proverbs day by day, and it's 365 daily devotions, so if you want to know, go dive in. Well, Tim Keller, who wrote this, I love about the, thanks Katie, um, wrote about the Proverbs that a proverb is this. It's a world of meaning in a few words. That a proverb is a world of meaning in a few words. So it's kind of this short, pithy statement that wraps in all kinds of depth and understanding and idea, right? It's sometimes we might actually say cliches. Cliches aren't that they're not true. It's just we hear them over and over again, right? And then we kind of get bored with them. That's the deal with cliches that we're like, ah, whatever, that's sort of cliche. Well, guess what? If the answer is Jesus, it might be the actual answer, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's the Sunday school answer. Well, yeah, it's kind of an important answer, right? But that's a proverb. It's a world of meaning in a few words. According to Bible Project, they give us kind of this description, and I love it because it helps us understand especially the book of Proverbs. That when we look at these words that have these, these short sayings that have world of meaning in just a few words, we have to understand this, that they are probabilities, not promises. Right? So when we read them, this is probably how life works. This is how life works if it's working all, cinder, all cylinders firing. Right? If there was no sin involved in the world, this is probably what will be. Right? If, if you trust God, if you fear him, if you live in a way that honors him, life's going to have a pretty good chance of going pretty decent. Hey, buddy. I love it when I'm getting smiles. So if you smile, I'll wave at you too. <laughs> right? In these probabilities, like things, yeah, things are going to go pretty great. But if you get off the mark, if you start, you know, acting poorly towards others, if you miss the mark in, in, in your integrity and in your character, guess what? Things seem to not go so well, right? Now, again, it's a probability. It's not a promise because is that the way things work in life? Not all the time, right? But God is saying, listen, I've got a way for ordering life 
that makes sense, that leads to life if you come to me. One of the things, too, for Proverbs, all the way on the other side of it, is that you have to remember to focus on the whole picture, not just this one sentence. That wisdom needs to be accounted for in the midst of all of wisdom. So we don't only want to look at a proverb, just verse 1 alone. We want to look at verse 1 of chapter 1 in the context of the book of Proverbs. And are there other sayings that go along with that one? And then we look at it in light of the whole scripture. And are there other things or happenings where that may be true or where something may push back? Right, Because wisdom, what we'll find out, isn't always true 100% of the time. As a probability, and sometimes even as it's lived, we'll recognize that wisdom in this moment is very different in this one. And you'll actually hear that in Proverbs. At one point in time, it'll say, hey, by the way, open your mouth and you're going to prove yourself to be a fool. And then in the next moments, they're going to say, oh yeah, by the way, open, close your mouth and prove yourself to be a fool. And you go, huh? The point of wisdom is when to use it and when not to. Right? We've got to discern. We've got to know. So what is then wisdom? As we dive into this series, what is wisdom for us? Well, let's look at the scripture again that we read. It's for gaining wisdom and instruction. And you notice the little bits of highlights there. For understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in wise, it says prudent behavior in the NIV, but it actually, the word for prudent is wise, so wisdom, wise, prudent behavior in doing what is right, just, and fair. That wisdom, according to the Bible, is about living life the right way. It's about ultimately walking with God, and how do we know that? Well, verse 7. Right? Solomon says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the word for beginning isn't like first simply like the start of something. It's the summit of all things. It's the, it's the, the dramatic conclusion. Right? It's, it's the pivotal moment of it all. That wisdom is about living life with God and in light of God. Let me say that one more time, that wisdom, according to the Bible, is living life with God and in light of relationship with God. That we will miss wisdom, we will miss that which is true, which is right, which is just, if we get God wrong. That if you want to know what's wise, what's right in, in all things, in really living this life out, you've got to get God right. God is the beginning of it. God, who is creator of all things, is also the end of wisdom for us. And so Solomon is like a father teaching his son. That happens throughout Proverbs. They use that picture. My son, listen to the words I'm telling you right? That'd be like talking to Henry. Hey, buddy, we just want to keep pointing you in the way you're going to go. We've learned some things along the way. Now you're smiling, <laughs> right? To lead, to guide. But if we get God wrong, we're not going to get wisdom right. So let's continue to dive in because in this wisdom, in this understanding that we're seeking, there's a few other words that come up. And the first word that I want to bring to our attention 
And these uh, actually, again, come from Tim Keller, so I'm grateful for him for these. So i got to point out where somebody else's wisdom comes in. But the word discipline. And the word discipline, we hear these words in verses 2 and 3. So for, again, gaining wisdom and instruction. Right now you see the word instruction highlighted. For understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction and prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. The word instruction in the Hebrew is uh, musar. And musar is, is simply put, uh, the ability to, to learn the fundamentals, right? That I'm going to get to know the building blocks of life. And I'm going to be committed to it. And I'm going to be relentless in my pursuit of it. It means intense training. So in instruction, it's not like passive. I mean, how many of us have sat in school and been like, yeah, whatever. What time is it yet? Yeah. <laughs> right? Some of us are glad the school year's almost finished. Some of us are glad that it is done, right? We're, we're almost there. But it's not sitting back. That there's discipline involved in gaining wisdom in our lives. If we're not committed to it, it will be hard to get the fundamentals right. Think about if you've ever played a sport. I'm just thinking about how many times you still see today NBA players doing what? Shooting free throws. Right? Because you put them in a stressful environment, your heart starts beating faster, you got people yelling all kinds of expletives at you, showing you all kinds of things behind that backboard, and you're going, okay, I thought I was good. They work at it. Right? I can tell you this about nailing in a nail. I still am not really good at it. I think I'm accurate in a lot of things. I'm a drummer for crying out loud. But here's the deal. The drum heads range from like 8 inch. Some of them are even smaller, right, Alex? I mean, we get down to 14, 16. Like, that's a big target. A nail's kind of small. I'm still not great at, you know, using the levers and getting driving that thing in. But man... You watch somebody who is, there's no thought, but in that moment, one strike, that nail's driven in, right? And same thing with wisdom is that we've got to be committed to the fundamentals. We need discipline. We need to be con- committed to learning, which is said later in, this, in these verses, right? That, that I, I know if I want wisdom in my life, if I want to know how to live this life, I'm going to have to learn the fundamentals, and it's hard, because sometimes learning the fundamentals means I also have to unlearn some things as well. And all of this, folks, is wrapped into the Hebrew language. That's what gets crazy when you're translating the Bible, is one word can mean everything I just said in how many sentences. And I know I'm a wordy person, but I'm still not even painting the, <laughs> the picture completely. If we want discipline. Right? If we want wisdom, discipline is going to be involved. The next D word for us is that we see in this text is discernment. And we hear it again, verse 2, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight. Then in verses 5 and 6, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs, parables, sayings, riddles of the wise. Hebrew word here is bin, B-I-N, or binah. And when we think about discernment, discernment is this. It's insight, right? It's knowing how to take the fundamentals and put them into practice. 
where and when to use them, right? Because what good is it if I'm nailing a nail, you know, and I take that to going, okay, I need to now use a Phillips head screwdriver. You can try to nail in a, a, a screw, but, you know, I, it, it might work. But it's a lot easier when you're using a drill, right? Amen? Learning when to use the right tool for the right job, if I can quote my father. <laughs> Discernment is about being able to not only know the fundamentals, but it's being able to look and, and assess situations and circumstances. So if we want wisdom, then we have to move from the fundamentals. We have to actually learn to begin to put them into practice, don't we? Knowing circumstances and situations. And there's one more D word that we see today. It's discretion. That if we want wisdom, we also have to learn discretion. And discretion is this, verse 4, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. There's actually three words in the Hebrew scripture, um, haskel, orma, and mezamah, all to put together of what discretion is. And I'll, I'll say discretion like this. When you have wisdom, you learn how to put a game plan together, right? A blueprint. I talked about my house. What do you do at the very beginning, right? You get your blueprints together. Why? So you can set a course of action so you can begin to order things in their right way. But discretion is also about then executing that game plan, making it happen. Because it's one thing to know it, it's another thing to do it. Amen? And it's one thing to execute without a game plan. Right? And when we look at some of the, I, I say the, the most gifted athletes, when we look at some of the, the maestros of music, right? The, the artists who are just master artisans, master craftsmen, those teachers who you're like, man, I, I'm not in the classroom and you're still teaching me things because it's just in you and the way you, you approach life. And, it, right, you look at them and, and, and man, they, they know how, when, where, and what to do. And it seems so simple. And there's also an aspect of it that seems so beautiful, doesn't it? Poetry and motion, phrases like that maybe run through your mind. But see, discretion then leads to this ability to be able to know, strategically plan, and execute. So again, I'm just going to bring up here a, a couple visuals for you if you're a visual learner. So what does wisdom look like? Think about the building blocks, right? Think about the fundamentals. Think about discipline. That we've got to get the building blocks. We've got to know what pieces are what that are really important for us. And then that, that light bulb, discernment, right, insight, that I begin to then take those fundamentals, know what to do, when, and where. And then we move to your game plan, right, to know how to say, do we actually look ahead? Do we actually plan things? Do we, we look for opportunities? Are we aware that challenges may come into place? And so do we create maybe some margins? And then will we actually not just know what to do, will we dive in and do it? See, wisdom is a life lived. It's not about simply something we put in our head. 
Solomon as we have this book, God, as he writes his story for us, wants us to live a life with him. Wants his life that he breathed into us at the very beginning of creation to, to be part of who we are. God, wisdom incarnate, Jesus, according to 1 Corinthians, he is the power of God and the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Right? Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. Wisdom went to a cross and made life possible for us. Right? God wants us to know this life. And that's why throughout this whole series, we'll keep coming back to these words of Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him, right? So let's pay attention to him, and he will make your path straight. Remember what I said, if you want to get wisdom right, you're going to have to understand who your God is. <laughs> because who our gods are, or God is, whatever we bow down to, will be the guide and direction for our life, whether we like it or not. So if we get the God who has sacrificed himself for us, who has given us his life, who has washed us clean, who has risen us to life with him, if we get that right, folks, we're going to be stepping into the way life was supposed to be. And when we do that, there is life for us. Will we trust him? See, because at the end of the day, throughout this whole series, the question as we learn how to live, what to do, when to do, it's always going to bring us back to the question of trust. Do we trust the one who's telling us what to do? Do we trust that he's got a good plan for us? Do we trust that he's got our best in mind? Do we trust that the God of the universe maybe knows better than the universe knows itself? Do we trust that his ways are higher than ours? Do we trust that he knows the one who had to defeat sin, what sin actually looks like? And can help defeat it in us. Do we trust him? And do we trust the fact on this Pentecost morning. What we heard already. That God doesn't just sit on a throne. He gave us his spirit. His wisdom to dwell with us. We heard that in John 14 at the end of the chapter. We hear that in John 16 verses 7 to 11. Jesus says, unless I go, I can't give you that spirit. Jesus is like, I got to go to the throne and I can only be as a created being in one place at all times. But I can give you my spirit because my spirit can be at all places at all times. And I want my spirit to dwell in you. I want my presence, my power, my wisdom to actually live in you. Like this is the good news of God for us. God will make our path straight. He will guide us. He will direct us because God is living and dwelling in you and in me, breathing his life if we will let him. It's always about trust. See, the objective truth about God in the gospel is Christ is with everyone on the face of this planet. Objective meaning it's fact. Because in him we live and move and have our being. 
It is Christ who sustains us by his spirit, the spirit that created us and breathed into us is the same spirit that gives you and I energy to drink coffee today, to get up out of bed, to listen to what I'm saying, right? To sing songs, to take a nap this afternoon. That God is with us. That God so loved the world. It's an objective truth. It's a fact. The subjective part of it, though, our knowing it, our understanding it, it becoming part of us, that's based on trust. That's based on the will I let that objective truth be the truth for me. God is for you. God will lead you. Will you let him? Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are a loving God who grants us wisdom, who grants us your truth, who grants us your power and your spirit, Lord, within us. Lord, that you have saved us, you have rescued us, that you have created us and, and you have redeemed us, you've taken us back. That you desire to pour your life into us each and every day and that you sustain us each and every day is an amazing gift. So we say this morning, God, thank you. Lord, and as we embark on wisdom, we know the truth that we ha- the fear of the Lord is the summit of all wisdom. We've got to get you right in order to get wisdom right. But Lord, we know that's a journey. So thank you for your patience in that journey of learning who you are and what your wisdom is. Thank you for your forgiveness and your mercy in that journey. Thank you for your grace, that unmerited favor and love in that journey. Thank you for continuing to, to, to bless us with the reality and truth of life, even though we sometimes don't want to live by it. Thank you for being relentless in pursuit of your world. Lord, I pray this morning that you would help each and every one of us learn to trust you, though. To trust that you are the one who not only created the world or created us, but you have the best in mind. Lord, that's on us to believe and to lean into. Lord, and I know as I pray that it's very, sometimes it's really hard. It's hard to see that. It's hard to trust when we see the brokenness of the world. It's hard to trust when we experience the pains and the hurts and we feel like you're not with us. But Lord, as much as and as quick as we are to blame you when something goes wrong, help us to be more quick to say, but I know God is with me. Help us to live into that objective truth that you don't leave us, you don't forsake us that you are with us, you are holding us, you are going to sustain us. So Lord, lead us this morning in this journey of wisdom. Help us to learn discipline, Lord, to learn discretion, discernment. Lord, to know not only the things to do and not to do, but to be able to know when and where to put those things into practice, to know how to think through things and not just simply react. God, these are some of our prayers as we hear your word today. God, and I pray again that you hear the prayers of my brothers and sisters as you work through your spirit, the truth of your word. 
Again, Lord, we praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. We're going to sing one more song this morning, and it's just an invitation for us to step into living life with God. So would you stand with us as we sing to this song?
us into his presence, who continues to promise his wisdom and his life to us in Jesus. Again, John 16, John writes this and Jesus says this, the spirit exists to help you know that God is taking care of in Jesus the sin problem, that he's the one who can lead you into the rightness of life, and that with that, God will be able to to help us in our daily life. Praise God for that truth. And I pray that you're able to go in that and with that today. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All God's children said, Amen. Amen. May hang out and chat, go and otherwise go in peace. If you don't mind stacking a few chairs, appreciate it.